You're listening to Politics Explained. Back to basics in the political sandpit with Rodney Hyde and Tane Webster. Here on Rally Check Radio, it's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Remember, you can send us a text at 2057, uh, email me, inbox at Radio. And here we are with our old favourite, Tane Webster, back to the basics in the political sandpit. Tane, what do you got? Hey, Rodney. So this week, uh, one of the questions sent in, they sent in this link. Um, it's elections.nz forward slash guidance and rules forward slash for third party promoters forward slash register of promoters for the 20, for 2023 general election. And the, and the page is about uh, register of promoters for the 2023 general election. And they wanted to know what's the deal with this page? Like, what, what is it? Do people have to register? It says here that they have to register if they intend to spend over $15,700, including GST on election advertising. And oh there's, a, there's a list of organizations and names. And what's, what's the deal with that and your experience in politics and, and whatnot? It is absolutely horrible. When when I used to stand in each election, you'd have to sign off on what money you'd spent. And my hand used to shake, right, because um, the law was quite hard to follow. You're in the midst of a campaign, and if you get it wrong, it's very serious, particularly because you're a public figure. So this is how it works. Ostensibly, we control how much a political party can promote itself in terms of making it fair. So you can only spend, it used to be, I think, $20,000 promoting yourself in your electorate, right? And that was to make it fair. So, quote, big money couldn't pollute the election campaign. Likewise, there are campaign limits on what you can spend nationwide. Also, you have to reveal when any who's ever given you money over a certain amount. And this is always fodder uh, in an election campaign and after an election. And it's I think it's even become continuous. You have to be con- continually updating it. Now, think about this. It's a huge attack on free speech because you're limiting what people can say and how they can promote um, themselves and how they can promote ideas that they believe in. It's said it's done for fairness, but what it does is this, diminishes our free speech, our free speech to print posters, put posters up. It also protects the existing parties. I believe this it's these campaign finance rules that mean it's impossible to break into our parliament because the existing political parties and the existing MPs, they've got all the publicity by virtue of being there. But if you come along and you want to stand in an electorate or start a new party, you're immediately limited by what you can spend to promote yourself, what you can do to promote yourself, and even people that want to give you money have to reveal themselves. So these rules became increasingly oppressive uh, over time, and they were passed without judgment by, if you like, citizens, because it was the politicians that were in charge of them. And, of course, the politicians did the rules that suited them. 
They then realized that as they were restricting and restricting and restricting what candidates could do and political parties could do, they needed to restrict what private citizens could do. So now you have the absurd situation where as if a union wants to promote a particular cause in an election campaign, it has to register like it's a political party and declare where it's getting its money from, and so it is transparent and accountable. All this, of course, is removing our free speech rights and entrenching the existing parties that actually already have the publicity. So, for example, if you and I, Tane, wanted to get together and spend $30,000 promoting a particular cause, or, I don't know, let's save the common house fly from torture because, you know, people are going around swatting them and we raised our $30,000. We would have to register like we're a political party. I mean, this is crazy stuff, but of course it's the end point that you get to if you start restricting how and where people can say things and how and where they can spend their own money. Does that have to be, maybe, maybe do an example that's a bit more realistic, but it, it, does it need to be something that relates to where you're going to be pushing a candidate no. uh, that's in an election or a cause no. that they're talking about? Or No, it could be any cause in the election period you have to register. So you might want to advocate for um, medical freedom. You'd have to register. So it's in that regulated period. It's crazy stuff. It's not necessarily and, pushing a and, candidate. And is it, what, how do they define advocate? Because they obviously don't just include anybody with a Twitter account. No, well, this is why it gets so incredibly difficult, and that's why your head hurts. And is, I guess it, it, they, they probably, sorry to interrupt, is it probably people who do things like billboards and, you know, bigger things kind of? Oh, you put an ad in the paper. Yeah. That's I mean, enough. if you, you could put an ad in the paper and say, um, it could be the therapeutics bill, you know, um, we want this repealed. Well, uh, in the election period, you'd have to become a promoter and you register like a political party because you're, 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 you're promoting it. It's if you're doing very, more than, very um, tough. If you're doing more than whatever it was, $15,000. $15, yeah. Or you'll get prosecuted. <laughs> Isn't it? Don't you find it a bit odd that yeah. you're supposedly living in a free society? And of course, it's this idea, supposedly, that voters are stupid. And then if someone spends a lot of money promoting an idea, we'll all nod off to the um, ballot. Uh, uh, the booth and a car do do our balloting because this money was spent on it. Uh, but that's we're not that stupid. Over and over again, we sh- we show ourselves to be that. More particularly, what it does, like I said, it definitely works, whether by design or um, as a consequence of protecting the existing parties from attack. Um, and why wouldn't it? because the people that make these laws are the ones that are already there. 
it's not the up-and-comers. So a third party with big grassroots support and raising a lot of money can't actually spend it. A campaign can't be launched in New Zealand against a, um, a bad policy without actually having to register like you're a political party heading into an election. Um, you know, this is, this is striking at the heart of a democracy. The idea of being able to stand up in the public square, the idea of being able to take out an ad, the idea of being able to take out a billboard is, is severely circumscribed. Yeah, I guess their, their, their logic would be, they would probably say something like, oh, they're worried that democracy would be at risk from people with lots of money or something like that. Well, not just lots of money, lots of time even. Um, you recall that it all got into trouble in 2005 because the exclusive brethren decided to help the National Party. And that all became a big thing because they were the wrong sort of people to be helping a particular political party. But why? You know, why don't we all as citizens be able to spend our time and our money as we choose, particularly on causes that we believe in? This is a fundamental right in a democracy. And, of course, what's happened is it's made it so complicated, uh, so difficult, that you just throw your hands up and say, I can't be bothered. Um, you have There's no particular expertise in the legal field to help you with this because it's such an arcane piece of law. You won't have lawyers who are sitting in their office up to date on the law around putting up a billboard if you know what I mean, and funding that billboard. They'll have to go in their way and have a look at it. And so it's an expensive business for people to get mm. involved. And so mm. we've, we've, we, it's another reason why. Well, that also, politics. that also helps with the, the kind of existing parties because they've got people on hand who do it every Absolutely. three years. Absolutely. I had, I had a guy that helped me every election campaign and he knew the rules and he knew the laws and I'd have to look him in the eye and say, is that okay to sign? He said, absolutely. And, you know, um, we'd have a lawyer for the party that would do that as well as for the electorate. But if you're Joe Bloggs having a go, um, I suspect they don't comply, but no one particularly looks at it because they don't get in. But if they won the seat, I remember when I was going for the seat in 2005, I was absolutely certain that if I won, there'd be a contest. And so I had to cross every T, dot every I um, about accounting for everything that I did. And it was a worry. Um, I still ended up being investigated. Yeah, it's just... Uh, no, no, I got investigated in, I think it was in 1999, sorry, not 2005, in 1999, you know, I, I got interviewed by the police about my campaign finance and about my billboards. Can you believe that? Like, it's pretty horrific. You're standing, you know, you're a citizen standing um, by... You're a citizen standing for election and suddenly you're being interviewed by the police. And I said to them, do you think I should bring a lawyer? And they said, well, it's up to you. And I ended up bringing a lawyer and it was two hours. I was interviewed by the police. Um, and then they decided not to prosecute me. But it's very intimidating. I'd never been interviewed my, uh, uh, about breaking the law by the police in my life before, and all I was doing was standing for Parliament. All you were doing. That's the big, that's the big problem. All I was doing. If I was Minister of Justice, 
Right. <laughs> and I crashed my car all over the limit. Oh, yeah, no, that's okay. Well, oh, my goodness, you're a citizen standing for parliament. And to be fair, I was an MP at the time, now that I think about it. But isn't that, isn't that terrible that you could end up – I had two police officers interview me for two hours, and I had a lawyer present, and I was rattled by it. Mm. So that's the big deal about that. It's this idea of making uh, Helen Clark was a big promoter of this about making the Greens, making elections fair, and big money couldn't buy an election. Um, and uh, people had to be regulated and all the rest of it. Um, the thing is, I think, but the big money thing, it, it is a, it's, I don't know what the solution is right now on this, you know. Re- well, we're talking now, but it is it is a legitimate issue in some countries overseas where it it, it does buy elections, but it's sort of in a, in a way. And well, I don't know. Like, what do you think is a re- what do you think would be a reasonable rule to have? Like, for example, no foreign money. No, I I, I would uh, I would have a total free for all. I really would. I think it's like, yes, bad. It's like free speech. Yes, there'd be bad things and there'd be bad actors, but we're not stupid. And a total free for all is is preferable to restriction. Mm-hmm. And this restriction has its whole host of consequences. And don't forget that the political parties, I mean, imagine this you as a taxpayer, you pay for a political broadcast of the parties that you oppose. And then you go to denote money to your own party that you support, and there are limits and restrictions on how and where you can do it. But they have access to the to your money that you don't even have. I mean, no one likes paying their taxes. No one likes paying their taxes for things that you don't agree with. But I sure as hell don't like paying my taxes so that the Labour Party can have a political broadcast. And by the way, the allocation that they get is determined on, I don't know, how popular they are, how many seats they have and all the It's from the previous election, right? Yeah. Again, it just reinforces the inability of the smaller parties to break into Parliament. Um, Again, it's a brilliant design. Why couldn't a small party stand and buy TV advertising. Yeah. That's illegal in New Zealand. That's disgusting to me. And so I would allow big money to come in or little money to come in, any money to come in, because at the end of the day, it's people's money. And I mean, you think, I think we over-egg this idea that um, money can buy politics, even in the United States. They spend massive amounts of money. Um, But, it doesn't buy the election. It's crazy. Yeah, you do have people that get a whole lot wasted on them and go nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And um, what you do need is platforms, and this is the great thing about the internet, as long as we can rein in the big tech from restricting people, is that you can have people like um, Robert Kennedy Jr. and Vivek Ramaswamy, who are coming literally from nowhere. They're being excluded by the mainstream media, but they're making a great play on Twitter. And I can imagine now the same thing happening in New Zealand. Um, goodness knows, you know, someone could get going on Facebook or Twitter and cut a nerve, and away you go. 
oh my goodness, wouldn't that be amazing? And I guess that's what Donald Trump did, you know? Right, and um, also and, before and before him, that there was Ron Paul, Ron Paul before him. Indeed. And again, it's like uh, Tesla and Elon Musk, he doesn't advertise his cars. Uh, but everyone knows about Tesla. So there are huge opportunities to get around it and to succeed. Um, but again, that will become something that they will regulate because they do not want to be opened up to competition. Um, and that's exactly what the this whole idea of this being a promoter. You'll notice that there'll be unions in there who will mm. be registered as promoters because they're spending money to support the Labour Party. Not only do they donate donate to the Labour Party, but they spend money to promote the Labour Party through the various causes that the Labour Party has adopted. And in return, the Labour Party makes it compulsory under certain rules to give that union money. So you can be working in a workplace, be compelled to give money to the union, which then donates that money to the Labour Party, spends <sighs> money to support the Labour Party, and you yourself vote national. Yeah, yeah. It's a, that, that is a level of corruption, if you think about it, that the, the, the party, when in government, compels money off you to support like the them. mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny enough, the National Party don't do that sort of stuff. There's a sort of, a, a, there's a threat of decency in them, um, that they've never <laughs> gone along with that stuff, but it's sort of like the Labour Party doesn't hesitate, never has. You know, whatever it takes to win, they will do. And they get away with it. It's not, it, we, it, we're so inured to it that we don't think that's odd. How can it be that I have money taken out of my wage packet to support a union whom I don't support, to support a political party in the election campaign who I don't support, and I'm trying to fundraise and sell cakes to help the party that I do support? That's how can a union do that with its money? And it's also complicated that if I try to tell my neighbor about it, they don't give a shit because they just it's just all that that no, that's right. And I mean, um, you know, that's why we have um a tough politics, and it's very easy to get disillusioned because we've established these uh old parties. That's what it is, it's tough rules. Oh my goodness, if you think the resource management act is tough, mm -hmm. you should try looking at our electoral laws. There you have it. You're on Real Talk with Rodney Hyde, Rally Check Radio. We've been back to the basics of political sandpit, talking about how you spend your money or your time or putting up billboards to help a political cause regulated. That's Tane Webster and Rodney Hyde for another week. You're listening to Politics Explained. Back to basics in the political sandpit with Rodney Hyde and Tane Webster.